What is up, everyone? This is Dylan Weber with Dog Post here with Matt DeBerry. What's going on, guys? Here presenting to you the first ever Ugga Lee podcast by Dog Post. Yeah, first, uh, first, first podcast uh, of many to come, so we're excited to do it. Um, yeah, so podcast number one, um, I think it'd be nice to introduce ourselves a little bit. So, Dylan, why don't you take it away first? Uh, where's some stuff about you? How did you make it over to Georgia, and what do you do for Dog Post? Uh, well, yeah, I'm Dylan Weber. As he said, I made it all the way here to Georgia from Austin, Texas. Grew up there my whole life uh, after being born in Dallas. Um, I'm a third-year student at the University of Georgia right now, and I've been helping Dog Post cover the dogs for this is my third year now. Um, cover mostly practice and all the games and Friday night football games. There we go. Always important. But yeah, uh, you've done a really good job with this. So, um, you know, Dylan, you give uh, some of the best practice reports out there. So definitely a time if you are listening and you are not on Dog Post, make sure you subscribe. Dylan has a lot of good stuff coming out, um, of course, with practices every day. So uh, that's Dylan from Texas uh, making his new ties uh, to Georgia now. Um, I am Matt DeBerry. I cover recruiting for Dean. Um, I was born in Macon, Georgia. Raised in Forsyth County, up and coming, went to South Forsyth High School, um, then went over to Kennesaw State, managed, uh, majored in sports management over there, interned with the Kennesaw State football program in 2014, and then when I graduated, I started working for Dean shortly after. So my first year covering recruiting for Dean at Dog Post uh, was 2014, so um, come a long way since then, and now, you know, covering recruiting, Dylan, as you can have seen now I, I just report good news or I, I have been the past you know 14 15 months so you're where, I get, you're where I get all my recruiting info from where's that you there we go <laughs> there we go um so yeah it's, it's been a good time and uh again it's easy to to cover Georgia recruiting right now when a lot of good things are happening so um but yeah the guy that I was covering uh was Zamir White and Dylan you were at practice yesterday big injury to Zamir White, you know, you can go first. What does it mean for the team moving forward? Well, I think the big issue isn't really with this year. I mean, he right. he was coming off the ACL injury to begin with, so he was kind of already working his way into the running back rotation. And I think he was kind of having an issue making himself stand out and being unique because they already have a power back kind of in Elijah. And unlike – James Cook, he hasn't really been able to find his role. And James Cook came in and has kind of made himself the offensive weapon. So I think the issue going forward with this is, you know, what happens next year and the year after, and how can he return from that? Now, what percent do you think he was healthy when he got injured, let's say Saturday, when he woke up Saturday morning? Was he 100%? Was he 90%? How close do you think he was to being, you know, fully recovered from that first ACL? It's got to have been at least 85 to 90 percent, I would say. I think I think it was mostly just mental at that point, you know, getting over that injury and getting into cutting, getting into live action and being able to plan on that leg or on that knee. And, and I think he was there. He got the knee brace off, and everything I heard was that he had that confidence back then. There was a big difference from when he had that knee brace on to when he had that knee brace off. And I think it was, had been maybe a week or two since he had taken it off. Right. So it's really unfortunate just to happen on that other leg right then. Yeah, it, again, he wasn't going to come out and start, but I do think he was going to contribute and have a meaningful you know, impact on this team, maybe four or 500 yards. Um, you know, there's a lot of 
weaker teams that George is playing this year, I think he was going to get a lot of carries in those games and you know, kind of get more and more as the year goes on. So, you know, definitely tough for Zamir, but I think the stable running backs they have is still one of the best in the country. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, you got a, a perfect 1A and 1B with DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield. You got Holyfield who you can just come out and start ground and pound right off the bat with him, and then you go out and you can spread it out with DeAndre Swift right off, like that. And it's a great dynamic between the two. And then behind that you got James Cook who has been playing a lot of wildcat, wild dog, if you will. Um, and more, not as much of a running back, but an offensive weapon, as you will. And Brian Harrion, who's entering your boy, his, <laughs> your boy, entering his third year. Um, I don't know exactly. I'm still trying to figure out what his role will be, but obviously now it will be more meaningful now that there's one less running back, one less talented running back. Definitely. Um, so. The schedule that we made up for this first podcast, I like a lot. The next question is talk about a little bit of James Cook. Is he a running back? Is he more of an offensive weapon? And I like that question uh, that you put in here. I still think he runs between the tackles a little better than people realize. He's definitely an offensive weapon that can make plays out of the backfield, catching the ball. Uh, Definitely a good player in space, can make guys miss. But I do think that he can run between the tackles pretty well. He's not an every down back, but it's something he can do. You know, he's not just an offensive weapon. I still think, you know, he can be a pretty decent, you know, running back. I think he will be, but he's got a lot of really good qualities to him. Obviously, at the fan day, um, yeah, he made a lot of plays. Ooze and Oz from the crowd. You could see that quickness and explosion from him. And obviously, the genes are there. Older brother, starting running back in Minnesota, a guy that I would love to have on my fantasy team this year. So, James is a good player. We'll see. We'll see. I'm in a keeper league, and I have zero running backs. So i, I got to take the best one available uh, when the time comes. But uh, James is going to have his role. We'll see if he gets snaps before Holyfield and Harrion. Um, but he's going to have his role. So it'll be interesting to watch, and more important now than ever uh, with Zamir out. So what it sounds like to me is that he's working at running back, and they're giving him plays at running back, but they're really just trying to find ways to get him on the field in any possible way they can. Exactly. Every t- everyone we've talked to about James Cook, every player, they always have really high things to say. I think it was Tay Crowder came out, and we asked about the running backs, and the first person he, he talked about was little James Cook, if you will. And he just looked down, smiled to himself, and he just said, he's so fast, so fast. Yeah. And so, he's, he's got that burst to him, and he can take off. I don't think a lot of these guys on defense are really expecting that out of him. Um, real quick, there was another injury that happened. Tyreek McGee, a guy that I really like. He was one of the first players that I actually scouted for Dean a few years ago out of Peach County. Really good instincts. Not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, as you know, but he's a good cover corner, and I think he was in a prime position to maybe get one of those starting roles, either at star or at another spot. So, you know, who do you think? can maybe step up and take on that role with him out for, what was it, four to six weeks? Is that still yeah, right? Yeah, four to six weeks. Kirby said could play week one, but I think four to six weeks is more likely. Um, that's going to be a hard one. I think that one is one of the harder injuries to replace because I think I really like Tyreek McGee. Um, yeah. He didn't get as it much plays. playing time as much as I maybe thought he should have last year, but I thought he was primed this year to get a lot of playing time and do really well in it. But – now you start looking at 
three guys really to take over that star position. And my guess is they would kind of do it by committee. You go, you got Otis Reese, D'Angelo Gibbs, and William Poole, someone that Kirby's been talking about a lot. It's three guys. You, you don't look to any one of them and say like, okay, you're going to be taking over the spot because. I don't know if any of them are ready enough or honestly good enough to handle that star spot on their own for a full game right now like Tyreek maybe could have. Yeah, I know you covered D'Angelo Gibbs more than I did, actually. Um, Talk about his progression a little bit. I mean, he's got the size. Obviously, former five-star guy, uh, could have played receiver, could have played DB, but he's a guy with good size, and the skill set is there if he can get things clicking do you think he'll have a big impact on this year? I think this year's going to be kind of him figuring out that he really needs to step it up in practice, needs to get the mentality right, because this, this last year has been very interesting with him. It's In the spring, it was kind of questionable if he would be back in the fall or not, left school for a bit, and he came back, thankfully, and he definitely has it all there. He He seems to get injured a lot, but... I think if he can stay healthy and really take this year to kind of learn from the experience, because I think he's going to get some with Tyreek out, I think he could be a, a solid player in the next few years. All right. Hey, that's definitely what Georgia needs, especially in that secondary with some size and athletic ability. Do you have a breakout guy? I know that's kind of what people go to in the summer, especially leaks weeding up to the season. Who's going to be the breakout guy? Is there anyone in the secondary you like? I know Mark Webb is the guy who – before he got injured in the spring, I think was doing really well. Could be that opposite corner from uh, DeAndre Baker, excuse me. So is there a guy on your mind that you think might step up? I mean, yeah, like you said, Mark Webb. I think I think people are just going to be kind of surprised in the progression he's made from one year ago playing receiver and now he's with the defensive backs. And I think he's going to start opposite at the other corner. And it's going to be really interesting to see you know, how he does right off the bat, how he does in his first game playing against, you know, Carolina maybe. Or, and I, I'm i really curious to see it, but I think he's going to be a really solid corner opposite. I mean, I don't think he's going to be quite what DeAndre Baker is, but he's going to be really solid on the opposite side helping out on the second receiver. One of the bigger names this summer, uh, especially in that secondary, Richard LeCount. We saw him early in the year last year. Made some plays, he flashed, but there were times, I mean, Kirby's trying to press his buttons. We know how good he can be. Is he going to be opposite of J.R. Reed at the safety spot, you think? I, mean, I would it's... think so, and I think okay. he's, he's going to lay the wood on some guys. Him and Otis Reese, I am excited to see. Cause those Otis guys, the man. Those guys are psychos when it comes to playing up top and just hitting people. And I am super excited about it. First time I saw Otis Reese was December 2015. I was there for a camp uh, there to see Aubrey Solomon. But I definitely noticed uh, you know, some big safety they had with his exact helmet on. I had no idea, but it was Otis Reese from Lee County. And I wrote in my notes. I said, this is a big guy who can cover, but he's looking to hit someone. I don't think he was on George's radar then. I think he was about to commit to Michigan at that point. So he was a guy that kept my eye on. And he has really gotten better and better. So I've seen him for a long time. Definitely a guy that was, I think can make plays as a freshman. He was about to commit to Michigan back then? What happened there? Yeah, I mean, he and Aubrey Solomon were both committed to Michigan. And I don't think he ever decommitted. I think he just kind of uh, picked Georgia on signing day, and that was the flip. 
But uh, Michigan did really well early on uh, with those two. Obviously, they signed Arby Solomon, who's a good player for them, and almost got Otis Reese out of there, too. So um, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff uh, that I might talk about later. If you're a dog post member listening to this, that's something I could probably write about. But, uh, yeah, Otis is definitely a guy who I think could could have a big impact this year. Someone told me about Otis Reese. I thought this was funny. He said, I'm excited to see him hit someone. He might get thrown out of the game for it, but – Damn, is he going to hit that man? I think he should be on our all name too. Any any guy with the name Otis uh, should be in the all name team. That's something we have to do too. But um, <laughs> let's talk recruiting just a little bit. Um, you saw Tresman Marshall, right? Twenty nineteen linebacker commit for Georgia. What did you think of him? Um, you say linebacker, but for Clinch County High School, he plays literally about every position you could think of. Um, right, linebacker. Uh, running back, quarterback, kicker, wow. receiver at times. Um, I mean, like he was their go-to guy for anything. If they didn't use him at quarterback, really, unless they needed him to throw the ball, and they tried not to use him on offense unless they needed him, which they ended up needing him every single play, really. How do you run it? Very powerful. I mean, <laughs> he was <laughs> – Run, and one person would jump on him, he'd throw him off. The second person would jump on him, and then about the third person was when he would get taken down. Um, yeah, man, he's a, he's a thumper. He loves contact. Uh, he's a physical kid, and I think that's what Kirby's looking for, especially at these linebacker spots. Well, and that's where he'll probably end up playing just because of his size, um, probably middle linebacker. Um, he still is a tad bit short. I think he's listed at six one, but he seemed about my height, which 5'11". Um, yeah, he's thick. He's yeah, thick. no, he is. He is well built, though. And yeah. I mean, everyone I talked to, I talked to a lot of people there, and I mean, he didn't have the greatest upbringing, but he is still doing great in school and is planning on enrolling early at Georgia. Did they win that game? Yeah, barely, oh. barely. They um, they they almost lost it, um, or it almost went to overtime, but they intercepted the ball with like forty-five seconds left. When oh, the nice. other team was on their fifteen or twenty yard line, they intercepted in the end zone, which was That's... I was very happy for because that game ended at like eleven already. Oh my goodness! I was about to say the same thing. It looks like that game was a lot better than the ones I went to. I was up in Rome Thursday night, Corky Kell Classic. I saw Rome and Marietta go at it. Tons of talent Ooh, on that field. Um, Rome edged it out like I thought they would. I mean, they're just they're just a powerhouse, but. Marietta definitely has a lot of talent on that team, and that game went until like 1.30 in the morning. That was crazy. So uh, went and saw that Thursday night, Friday night, went and saw Miles Murphy and uh, 2021 defensive end Jonathan Jefferson, who I think has five-star potential out of Douglas County. Murphy looked good. He didn't, you know, didn't look elite. He didn't dominate the game, but the size and potential is definitely there. Big kid. I think he's around like 6'4", 230 right now. He's fast. Uh Really good first step, was into the backfield, got a lot of pressure on the quarterback, made a lot of tackles, but he didn't dominate the game. But he's definitely a guy that Georgia wants badly. Alabama, Clemson, other teams that want him. So it was interesting to watch him. And then at Mercedes-Benz, always good to go to the Benz and watch football. So Were you on the field or were you in the press box for that? No, I had had the big camera. So I was was Uh, taking pictures. Uh, biggest camera out there, I think. So if you're into pictures, listening to this, make sure you go on Dog Post. I feel like I got some good ones. So I put the ones of Dom up. Uh, he had a great game. 
three touchdowns. I big saw, performance I saw the video him. of one of his touchdowns. Shit, man. Well, one of them was an interception that he wrestled away last minute. Should have been an interception for Mill Creek. The fan base went nuts. Um, but he wrestled it away at the end and got the nod. So he was awarded with that touchdown, earned two of them on his own. But he's definitely a guy who I think will play early and often for Georgia as a freshman. He's just so natural and he's so gifted. He runs routes better than anyone that I've seen in this class. He's got great hands. Um, likes to block too. He's a physical guy on the outside, so he's a guy who I think Georgia fans are gonna should be really, really excited about. How tall is he? Six uh, one. I think he's that's around six one. Guy. Yeah, he's not as tall as Jaden Hazelwood or Ramel Keaton. Both really good players, but he's a better route runner, and he's more natural. I mean, it just makes it look really, really easy at times. So, I mean, speaking of receivers. What, I think the one thing George is really lacking at receiver is kind of a red zone target, what they had in um, Javon Wims. I mean, you don't really have a guy on the roster this year who's going to come in and be that guy. I mean, there's a Matt Landers, maybe. I think they were hoping he could be that guy, but has just not really gotten there this year. Yeah, I think Jeremiah Holliman's another guy who the opportunity is there. If he can step up and, and take on that role and prove that he can be a weapons in the red zone, I think he will get a lot of opportunities there. And maybe that's where the tight ends can come into play a little more. Obviously, you watch practice. I don't know how often they're throwing to the tight ends, but they got some big dudes at that position who could be mismatches in the end zone. I mean, yeah, like Charlie Warner, Jackson Harris, Isaac Nana. I mean, even I, I was hearing good things about John Fitzpatrick. Johnny Fitz, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, apparently – it looked like when he was coming into camp that maybe not even travel with the team in his first year, but I, I think it sounds like last scrimmage he kind of played himself onto that squad. And, I mean, 6'7", good height. I mean, Luke Ford, yeah. too, 6'6". Six, six. I think those will probably end up having to be the red zone targets for Georgia. Because, I mean, you look at Miko Hardman, Terry Godwin, Riley Ridley, none of them are, like, really the guys to go up over a defender and haul it down. If not this year, those tight ends should be a big red zone weapon at some point in their careers. Again, maybe not this year, but down the road, I mean, size alone. Throw it up to them, see if they can go get it. So I do think the the tight end position is one that might see a little bit more work um, in the next few years. So um, I would yeah. hope so. A lot yeah. of talent there to, to not. Definitely. Who are you seeing this upcoming week? Are you going anywhere Friday or Saturday? Saturday, I'm actually uh, going to play paintball with Broderick Jones, 2020 commit. He is a go. tell everyone about Broderick. Broderick is a 2020 commit. Uh, I think he's listed as a guard. He plays left tackle though for the team uh, and defensive end, and I think some tight end. Um, really solid player and really mobile. He could probably thicken up a little bit, yeah. but. He's got good size. I think it's six six, like a legit six six. Yeah, he's got really good size. Um, it, it, lean too. He's not round. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's, he's not. Kinda... He's not a big dude. I mean, right. not like round. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then on the side, he is a paintball referee, which I've never heard of a six six, two eighty offensive guard also being a paintball referee. So I'm gonna go check that out. <laughs> I've never played paintball. I don't know how many referees they have, like within the matches or whatever. But uh, if that guy is telling me, "Hey, you're out," I, I'm probably listening. 
because uh, he's a big <laughs> dude. So, uh, yeah, have fun with that. So you'll be playing paintball with Broderick Jones. I'm sure a fantastic article is going to come from that. So I'm actually flying up to Pittsburgh to see Nolan Smith, who's from Savannah, plays in Florida. But I'm going to go up to Pittsburgh uh, to see him. Wait, uh, is he, he's playing in Pittsburgh? Yeah, IMG's going up there playing some hotshot team from the metro Pittsburgh area. So I'm flying up there to, to see him. And, you know, I'll, I'll try to talk to the running backs. I think Georgia ideally would love to take another running back in this class. I think they need to, especially the way running backs can go down. You need oh, really? a few. Guys. So, yeah. Mean, how many yeah. running backs would that be then? So you're talking Swiss. Oh, yes. Yeah, Swift, Swift Holyfield, Zemir. Holyfield, uh, and, and Harrion. But, I mean, the the way the game is kind of developing, I mean, guys are getting hurt nonstop, I think, every year. If you're signing 24, 25, sometimes 26 kids, two of them can be running backs. And I think they would like to take another one in this class. Steel Chambers committed to Ohio State. If they reach out to him, maybe they get in the mix there. I mean, uh, I think at this point, go if there's a kid committed to Ohio State, Go talk to him at least. Definitely, definitely. And Dell McGee was in that. George offered a little later, and he was always kind of looking to go out of state anyway. But if they put the pressure on Steele and focus on him, I think they've got a good shot. Uh, the other LSU commit, Tyrion Davis, uh, I think that's his name. I think they've got a shot with him. And then the kid out of Rome was really good on Thursday. I'll say that a lot. He's a really, really productive back. He runs over all the defenses here in the state. Maybe he gets another look too, so – but we'll see it. We'll see how that goes. But I'm gonna see if Trey Sanders is still open to Georgia. Where they sit there, I think it's more of an Alabama-Florida battle right now. I don't think Trey Sanders would go to Georgia with John Emery. But we'll see. I mean, Georgia is still gonna try to get him. So that'll um, that's kind of the recruiting end on the, the running back part. So let's go to regular college football right now. Um, topic six: Our picks for the Final Four. Dylan, who do you got in the Final Four? Mm, I didn't even think about this. I was just going to go straight off the gut. What's your gut saying? Clemson. Okay, I, I got Clemson there too. Easy schedule. They're right now looked yeah. at it. They're, they're playing one ranked team so far, and it's Florida State who's bringing in a new coach. It's on the road. It's in Tallahassee, but Clemson should not lose a game to a brand new head coach. Shouldn't happen. They're too talented. They should run the table. They should. There's no excuses for Clemson this year. They should beat the Aggies if they don't. I think they've got the easiest pass. So Clemson, we both have. Who, do, who else? First of all, to y'all listening, y'all will learn this probably over the time, but I cannot stand the Texas A&M Aggies. <laughs> he's from Austin. He's, he's a Longhorn. Um, and they're bringing in a new coach, too. I know Clemson plays at Texas A&M. I do think they should take I, care of that game. I think Jimbo will be good, but, like, 75 million guaranteed like that good i don't know that's really that's hard expectations to live up to those people at college station are crazy they are football crazy mad respect to all the fans out there they want to win so bad yeah. that they're willing to overpay for jimbo fisher hey hopefully it works out i think georgia fans would love to see texas a&m in the sec championship soon other than alabama so yeah i mean i think anyone other than alabama they'd love to see but yeah. speaking of bama that's my next pick. I mean, I think it's just kind of safe to go with definitely Vegas favorite. Yeah, um, how, how can you not? I mean, with Tua, they've got so much young talent. We've talked about how much talent Georgia has. It's young. Alabama has a lot of young talent, too. A lot of those freshmen played big-time minutes and played well in that national championship game. So they're going to be there. I mean, I think I would pick 
Alabama every year until they don't make it. Until they give me a reason not to, really. That's pretty safe. That's pretty safe. But smart, because I've got Alabama winning the SEC championship over Georgia and getting into that Final Four. So I've got Alabama and Clemson. I'm going to go ahead with my other two. I, I hate to put Oklahoma in there because I feel like that's not really reaching out, but their schedule does set up for it. They play three ranked teams on their schedule right now. Obviously, the game in Texas, uh, in Dallas, at the Cotton Bowl. Then they play at TCU, should win that game, and at West Virginia late in the year. That'll I think they be a tough one. Too. Yeah, that'll definitely be a tricky one. I think Oklahoma wins the conference with one loss and gets into the Final Four. And then my other one, going out on a limb here, Michigan State. I think oh. this might be Sparty's year. Yeah, they play Michigan at home. They play Ohio State at home. And then they play Penn State on the road. Dude, I think they'll lose one like, of those three and sneak in. They'll be the conference champs with one loss. I think they'll beat Wisconsin in the conference championship. So a one-loss conference champion, Michigan State, is going to get in. That's so. a gauntlet. Not even Not of gauntlet. a conference, but of a division. Yeah. Yeah, I think they win it this year. I think Ohio State has got too many distractions. I'm not off Ohio State, and I don't think Michigan's there yet. And Penn State's schedule is pretty brutal. I'll be be curious with Michigan because, like, I mean, this is really the first year that Harbaugh's got a real quarterback. So if he doesn't – I think if he doesn't make the playoffs, then people are going to be calling for his head, honestly, because I think he's got everything there to – to do it i mean but there's just so much in their way i yeah. I, I can't pick anyone from that division just because they're going to be so beat up right right well that's tough i mean if if someone from that division ends up winning the conference i, I do think they're going to have one loss i yeah, don't think through there so i mean unless wisconsin runs the table and wins the you know goes undefeated wins that conference they could get in but wisconsin's always a team that they're, they're going to slip up I mean, they're, they're a lot like Clemson or the old Clemson where they're going to shoot themselves in the foot once or twice. The biggest games, Wisconsin kind of crumbles in. So I'm not all in on Wisconsin, but I think this could be Michigan State's year. So that's my final four, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Michigan State. Who are your final two? Well, after talking to them, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. <laughs> I think um, they got a good team. They I mean, it's, a it's team. a solid team. I think it'll they'll kind of end up being a little bit like Washington from a few years ago. They're not right. a super talented team, but they're solid and they're going to make it to the conference championship. I think their division isn't too tough. They'll get there, and I think they'll squeak out a win and then get to the playoffs. And depending on who they're against, just get probably beat up. Probably beat up. Um, you know, I think they're just a very solid team. Good defense. They are a moving offense. Um, and I think that will get them there, but not much, not any farther than that. Gotcha. And do you have you have one where you've got Alabama, Clemson, Wisconsin, and then I too am going with Oklahoma. I think I hate to do it, but they've I got mean, an easier path. Yeah, it's not too tough. I honestly do think they'll lose to West Virginia on the road. Uh, will Greer, I think, is a baller. I think Kyler Murray is too, which is why I'm picking Oklahoma. I think they'll probably win uh, in Dallas against Texas and then lose to um, West Virginia on the road because I think that's going to be a tough place to play. I think West Virginia is going to be a solid team this year. 
that could be two top ten. That should be a top ten matchup. I think West Virginia is going to have a good year too. If Oklahoma doesn't win that conference, I think West Virginia would have to. Right? I don't think Texas is there. People, are, are you buying into Longhorns this year? No, I, I won't buy into the Longhorns until they give me a reason to buy into them. <laughs> um, I think so, they'll. I think they should be a lot better. If if they aren't that much better, then that's when you start looking at Tom Herman. You start questioning: and Is is he the guy? Because they should ha- they should have a really big turnaround this year. They got a lot of talent. I mean, year they, three, year three. They should do it. I mean, they, they should have a pretty good year, but I don't think they're on Oklahoma's level. Just. No, I I mean, I think that will be a close game. They always tend to make it a close game, even when it shouldn't be. Um, they're ranked 23 in the AP poll. I, I mean, honestly, I think they got top 20 talent, but are they going to put it all together? I don't think so. I think they probably 8-4, and 9-3. and three. I think 9-3 and three would be a, a really good season for them. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, cool. Well, um, yeah, that's a lot of good stuff. Solid first podcast so far. Um, just want to make sure you're watching the Braves tonight. That's what you're doing, right? No, I got oh, I got to write that whole DeAndre Baker story by like Wednesday, really. Uh, so you've got dog post homework tonight. Okay. <sighs> yeah, I've put. Yeah, I've been procrastinating on my dog post homework quite a bit. There you go. I'm going to turn on some Irish music and probably finish this Jersey Shore episode yeah. that's in front of me right Dude, now. But what the hell? If for any of y'all wondering, Matt has really found a, a strong interest in Irish like punk music. I wouldn't call it punk. I wouldn't call it folk either. It's just it's solid not folk. Irish it's like a mixture of like that... Irish rock. Like it's like Irish folk music yeah. and Irish rock. Yeah, Flog, Flog and Molly, the High Kings, all that. that that's great. That oh, is really good Flog music. Flogging Mollies, man. The Flogging Flog, Mollies. The Flogging Molly. Um, you'll come around, but... Um, Dude, no, yeah. I won't. I won't. <laughs> We've had a lot of road trips uh, this year with the Dog Post crew. Eventually, you guys will come around. But the Braves have lost four in a row, so they need, they need you to jump on board. Jump on the bandwagon. It's going to be a big-time August and September. Hopefully, they don't fade like they do every year and break our hearts, but... Um, We'll see. I'm not very smart when it comes to baseball, but I can really just guess that they probably will fade. And I hope they don't. I've actually become a much bigger Braves fan than I ever anticipated. More and more each day. I'm trying to I'm trying to train you. I, I mean I actually you, know some of the players' names this season. There you go. There you go. Um, but all right, that was a uh, Good stuff, Dylan. I'll let you go back to uh, studying or whatever you're doing. So, everyone, thanks for listening. We're going to be doing this every Monday. Uh, not sure when we'll be posting this, but we appreciate everyone for listening for sure. So, Tune in next time. See you next time, guys. Appreciate it.